Hello, my zebras and spoonies. Thanks for coming and hanging out with me today. I am glad that you are here. Today, I am going to be talking about some of the ways that you can tackle that high blood pressure. A blood pressure of 140 over 90 or higher is considered high. And if your blood pressure is between 120 over 80 and 139 over 89, then you're considered to have prehypertension. This means that you don't have high blood pressure now, but are likely to develop it in the future unless you adopt a healthy lifestyle. It is important to note that this standard for high blood pressure has changed and then the numbers are lower than they used to be and that this is a reflection of the research that's being done and that we're seeing that we need those numbers to be consistently lower in order to truly reduce our risks for stroke and for cardiovascular disease. Like most medical condition, prevention is much better than reaction. So having a high blood pressure puts you at risk for heart disease and stroke. So reducing your blood pressure into a healthier range reduces those risks and can prevent a lot of problems in the future. Also, like most medical conditions, there are options to lowering your blood pressure that doesn't require you to take medications. So let's get into some of the things that you can do to reduce your blood pressure. That doesn't mean medications. So the first thing that you can do is you can tackle your stress levels. Um, lowering your stress levels can go a long way to reducing your blood pressure. And while we generally can't prevent the stressful things that come at us in life, we can do a lot of things to manage the stress that we are encountering. I mean, if you can, avoiding stressful situations is fantastic for a lot of reasons. Um, but for the most part, it's usually about managing that stress. So you can practice yoga or meditation. Both of these have been shown to greatly reduce the effects of stress. Getting plenty of sleep can make a huge difference in your stress levels because having a sleep debt reduces our body's ability to tolerate stress. Um, getting adequate exercise um, is super important because this helps the cardiovascular system get strong and it gives us a better ability to self-regulate and things like walking or stair-stepping are great choices when we're looking at um, exercise for stress management. Deep breathing can be a huge help for stress management, even though it seems like too simple a thing to be useful, but the research on it is pretty solid. It's simple. It only takes a few minutes every day. Uh, you can do it while you're driving, while you're waiting in line, anytime you have some downtime in life. Um, breathing slowly in while counting to five and then breathing out while counting to 10. And you do this for five minutes if you can, but even one or two breaths has been shown to have benefits because when you're doing this deep breathing cycle, you're cueing your nervous system that it's time to be calm, it's time to be quiet, and therefore it is time to slow the system down. And that means that your heart rate and your blood pressure are going to follow your breath. So then the one that we all love to hear is that losing weight can help you uh, reduce your blood pressure. Um, the reality is that the, the more of us there are, you know, the larger that we are, the harder it is for our heart to, to 
push that blood out into all of our tissues. The harder our heart has to work in order to get our blood flow out to all of us. So yeah, losing weight can make a big difference in, in managing our blood pressure. However, losing weight is also an enormous challenge. So one of the things to keep in mind about losing weight is that every pound lost is a victory and has benefits to our health. Even if you haven't reached your ideal body weight, losing some weight will help your health and will have a positive effect on your overall health goals, including your blood pressure. So try not to think of your weight as a black and white, good or bad thing. If you're above your ideal weight, reducing it even a little bit is going to have some benefits for you. So there's a lot of controversy about this one, but decreasing your sodium intake has been a long-standing piece of medical advice for decreasing your blood pressure. So where sodium goes, water follows. So when you have higher sodium levels in your body, water is drawn into the bloodstream, which creates a higher volume and in theory increases your blood pressure. The research on this has actually been mixed with some showing that it does in fact lead to increased pressures and some research showing that it doesn't make a big change. So... Hmm. You know, this is something that you can try and see if it has an impact for you. And if it doesn't, well, it doesn't. Um, another piece to this is increasing your potassium intake uh, because it has been shown that increasing your potassium in intake can lessen the effects of sodium on your blood pressure. Um, if you're looking for potassium, the best source is from your foods, such as fruits and vegetables, rather than getting it from supplements. Um, so some of your high potassium food sources are sweet potatoes, tomatoes, orange juice, potatoes, bananas, kidney beans, peas, cantaloupe, honeydew, dried fruits such as prunes and raisins. Avoid alcohol if you're going to try to reduce your blood pressure because alcohol is notorious for increasing your blood pressure. Even small amounts of alcohol will raise your blood pressure. Um, and if you consume alcohol consistently, then it's going to have a consistent impact on your blood pressure. Smoking will also increase your blood pressure. So if you're engaging in that, then you should consider quitting, which of course, again, is a huge, huge challenge. Um, and keep in mind, if you're trying to quit smoking, that this is not something that you are likely to be successful with on your first try. The majority of people need to um, tackle the 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 attempt numerous times before they're successful. So don't think of this as black and white. Every time you take this on, you're more likely to be successful. Every time you take it on, you're likely to reduce your smoking consumption. And every time you reduce your smoking consumption, you're improving your health. So try not to think of your health as a black and white ultimatum, good or bad this is a scale. There's a gray. So if you're reducing the amount of cigarettes you're consuming, you're having success. Another area that you can look at is caffeine consumption. Caffeine is a stimulant. And because of that, it can increase both your blood pressure and your heart rate. So by reducing or eliminating caffeine from your diet, you can reduce your blood pressure. Um, 
eating a serving of dark chocolate every day, and that means 80% uh, chocolate or, or darker, um, has been shown to have a positive impact on blood pressure. But just keep in mind that we're talking about one serving, which is not very much. We're like one ounce. Um, hibiscus tea, there's some really good research out there to support that one serving of hibiscus tea every day can have a positive impact on lowering your blood pressure. Some other things to keep in mind is that if you work more than 40 hours a week, this is shown to increase your blood pressure. It's probably related to both the fatigue and the increased stress levels. So if it's possible to reduce the number of hours that you're working, that's something to keep in mind. Um, music. Music has a huge impact on our bodies. And when we engage in things that we love and in, and that excite us, um, we can reduce our stress levels and reduce our blood pressure. So pick something that you love, some music that you can really jam to, let yourself get into it. It has many benefits beyond lowering your blood pressure. Um, and if you can allow your body to move to it even a little bit, you will actually even get the exercise benefit too. Um, garlic has also been shown to help in, uh, reduce your blood pressure. So if you eat one clove of garlic a day, um, you can have a positive impact on your blood pressure. Um, consider avoiding prepared meals. These tend to be high in salt and sugars, while lower in things that are, you're looking for, like potassium and fiber. Uh, there's a lot of research to show that high carbohydrate diets tend to increase our blood pressure. So consider reducing your carbohydrate intake. Um, fructose specifically is one of the um, types of sugars that has been related to uh, high blood pressure. So consider reducing your fructose intake. Um, high fat diets are correlated to high blood pressure, so reducing your fat. And one of the ways that you can do this is just by using only half the butter or margarine that you do now. Um, things like that, if you are adding fat into something, like if you're going to use a sour cream, just use half or even just any amount less than you would normally, and that's going to have a overall reduction of your, of your fat intake. Avoid red meat. Red meat is correlated to having a higher blood pressure. Um, if you're diabetic, keeping your blood sugars between 70 and 120 is super important for reducing your blood pressure. Um, having a higher blood sugar is strongly correlated to having a higher uh, blood pressure. So those kind of go together. Um, and it's and it's really because we have to gear our bodies up in order to deal with that high blood pre uh, blood sugar. So that means that things like your pulse and your blood pressure are going to follow your blood sugar. So making sure you get things, your full spectrum of vitamins will help with your blood pressure because when you have a good balanced nutritious diet your body has less stress less physical stress means you're going to have a lower blood pressure and one of the key vitamins that um, is correlated to this is b vitamins um, that is one of our energy vitamins and when we have adequate amounts of our b vitamins we tend to see a reduction in our blood pressures 
So then there's some lifestyle choices that you can make, like just shopping for foods um, with your diet in mind and your blood pressure in mind so that these the foods that you don't want to eat are not available in your home. You can't eat them if they aren't there. So really you can make a, a make or break your choices in the grocery aisle. You know, think about your what you want to achieve with your diet while you're doing your shopping because that's really when you're actually making your food choices because once it makes it into your home chances are you're actually going to eat it so another thing that you can think about is making and bringing prepared snacks with you um, when you're out and about this can help prevent impulsive eating because when we eat impulsively, we are likely to make choices that are not in alignment with the health goals that we have. We're going to be more likely to eat what is ever readily available and convenient rather than what is, you know, ideal for our um, food goals. Um and if you're trying to reduce your blood pressure, something to think about is that you really should be monitoring your blood pressure every day to see where you're at. It can be helpful if you check your blood pressure multiple times a day because this will give you more insight to see if there are um, times of day that are more difficult for you than others. And this can give you insight as to like what's impacting your blood pressure. Um, if you're really high at night, maybe it's because you've been drinking a lot of caffeine all day or because you've been really stressed all day. Um, so those are kinds of things to look at. It's like your patterns and your trends. Um, one high blood pressure a month isn't really a concern. What is a concern is if your blood pressure is consistently high every day. So again, when you're looking at this, Doing a daily blood pressure can be insightful because it can give you a better idea of what your trends are um, because the trend matters more than a single blood pressure. Um, so, yeah, I think that the best kinds of interventions and options are those that are graded rather than all or nothing and the list that i've given you are all areas of gray they're things that if you make some change in it you're going to see some benefit if you make a lot of change you're going to see a, a lot of benefit so keep in mind that you know eating one less serving of red meat will have a benefit um, you don't need to do all of these things to achieve a good blood pressure, you know, try one thing at a time and then add in others. If your blood pressure is still high, um, if something isn't helping your blood pressure, then, you know, it, everybody's biology is different. And just because these things are overall correlated with high blood pressure does not mean that it's going to be something that's impactful for you as an individual. And also keep in mind that whatever changes that you're making to reduce your blood pressure need to be sustainable. So if it's something that you're really attached to having in your life, um, then it's probably not something that you should be trying to target for your lowering of your blood pressure. And as you can see, this list is really long. So there's lots of areas that you can tackle to make improvements in your blood pressure. So, you know, consider some of the areas that are not as emotional, that you're not as emotionally invested in, because if you really, really, really love that coffee, um, 
you know, it's probably not realistic that you're going to give it up. So targeting that as your area for high blood pressure reduction isn't likely going to be sustained over time. You know, maybe instead try a decaf coffee or try a different area entirely, like increasing your music consumption or your stress relieving or increasing your fiber intake. All of those things might be more sustainable for you. So anytime you're looking at any of these interventions, consider whether or not it's something that you're going to be willing to do for the rest of your life because you want your blood pressure to be reduced for the rest of your life. So if these are not sustainable choices for you, then you might want to look in a different area. Um, and the last thing to keep in mind is that any amount of reduction in your blood pressure will reduce your risk. So if you're consistently 160 over 90, and if you can bring that average down to 150 over 80, that's a victory and you need to celebrate that and know that it's going to have a health benefit for you. Could you still reduce it more for more health benefits? Absolutely. But don't forget that every reduction has a benefit that should be celebrated and that every reduction is going to lead to better outcomes in your life. Health is not black and white. We are not absolute. If you don't, you know, you don't have to look at it as if I don't meet this threshold, then I didn't do anything. Well, that, that's not how health works. Our bodies are not these absolute black and white machines. We, we are this biological area of gray. So every time you can bring that blood pressure down a few points, you're going to have a reduction of your risk and that has value. So celebrate those achievements and celebrate those victories even if it's not in the perfect numbers that we're looking for, because, you know, the reality is, is that most of the time our health isn't perfect. So that's about it for my rambling today. Thanks for coming and spending time with me. If you like what you're listening to, consider um, supporting this podcast. And until we can talk again, you guys take care of yourselves. Bye.